0: You've tuned in to Supply Side Stories. The innovations, influencers, and breakthroughs defining the future of health and nutrition.
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Supply Side Stories. I'm Fran Sean Wetter, Director of Content Marketing at Informa Markets. In cooperation with Natural Products Insider and Supply Side Stories, our podcast today is supported by Bioenergy Life Science producers of innovative and distinctive ingredients. Um, joining us today is Michael Crabtree. Michael is a visiting researcher at the University of Minnesota and Director of Scientific Affairs and Technology at Bioenergy Life Science. Michael has degrees in biochemistry and naturopathic medicine. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you for having me. So most people are familiar with bioenergy life science or BLS as the leading patented producer of ribose. Uh, the research behind ri- ribose and uh, Ria Jev indicate strong support for the body's natural energy production and general vitality and well-being at, at any age. But let's dive in a little bit now into the function of ribose in the body and then and then we can chat about some of the expanding market formulation opportunities today. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, well let's begin. So um, Michael, first off, what role does ribose play in energy production in the body?
0: well ribose is uh, absolutely critical to energy production in the body um, energy production in the body uh, the end product or the primary energy carrier in biology uh, of all kinds is adenosine triphosphate and d-ribose uh, among other things is the uh, carbohydrate component the central carbohydrate component so if you can use an analogy in the same way that you have an axial skeleton you have femurs and you have a humerus and you have bones in your body Uh, to build or construct an energy molecule you've got to have some sort of rigid component and d-ribose is that carbohydrate or that rigid component upon which energy is constructed and carried uh, in the body but of course it's it's also more important than just energy Um, it's created during cellular respiration it's also a portion of many signaling molecules like nad fad coenzyme a uh, and lots of uh, secondary molecules that are responsible for driving redox reactions. And, you know, all of the major metabolic pathways are completely dependent upon both ATP and these important secondary signaling molecules. Uh, cAMP would be another good one. So um, it's it's absolutely critical to energy production and, more importantly, energy translation.
1: Talk to us a little bit about how bioenergy ribose differs from, from other forms of sugar.
0: Well, there are significant differences. Uh, you know, ribose... Is kind of the is the active form of, of the carbohydrate in the body. Also, d ribose is uh, a very important part of genetic material. So, in, in its current form, uh, it, one of the other molecules, very important genetic molecules that is constructed upon it is RNA. Um, it is also readily absorbed. Um, it usually uh, has a half life of around 20 minutes in the blood, which makes it much more quickly available to cells if if taken orally than say a glucose or a, a, a comparable six carbon sugar. Uh, Typically, we think about glucose as kind of the the storage mechanism, because when you take in food and it's broken down into its individual components into glucose and then it's stored in the liver eventually as glycogen. uh, And then it has to be taken into the cell and it has to be turned into essentially ribose to become this functional molecule uh, upon which these uh, all important energy carriers and electron carriers and signaling molecules are constructed. So really you have in, in the body Uh, just to make a simple kind of a simple dichotomy you have your storage sugars and you have your active sugars and and giving ribose directly you are directly feeding this act sugar in an active form uh, and giving the cell the ability to rapidly uh, utilize it metabolize it and turn it into functional energy carriers that would be kind of the major difference i would say Um, also when you're dealing with uh, uh, carbohydrates and you're dealing with metabolism in general uh, glucose or, or any other uh, 6 carbon carbohydrate uh, are typically going to be uh, metabolized a little more slowly and they have a tendency to bring on what is called an insulin response and uh, D ribose usually doesn't have that problem, uh, particularly when it's given an, uh, a, a, inside of a reasonable dose. Uh, D ribose tends to have the negative effect. It doesn't add to the blood sugar uh, that currently circulating in the blood. Uh, it tends to actually be to have a slightly negative glycemic effect uh, on the blood. So it doesn't actually add to the carb load, and it makes it very useful for people who are on keto diets, for example.
1: Well, I I know that I I actually take uh, ribose, and I find it extremely useful um, uh, for performance support. And I'm wondering then if you could talk to us more about how ribose works to sustain cellular energy, and, and how is it more beneficial for an energy I'm kind of air quoting an energy boost um, that one might expect if they were doing like something that was stimulating
0: yeah well stimulants and this is a big problem in the industry stimulates stimulants are generally associated with an energy boost because what you feel uh, immediately after the use of say caffeine for example is uh, is an immediate impact on your central nervous system but what actually stimulants are doing is is they cost energy uh, they put they place you in a, an energy negative uh, state by forcing you to rapidly burn through precisely the molecule that we just spoke about which is atp so when you're rapidly consuming your energy resources that are available to a cell you're actually placing that cell in a very stressed out state Um, and it's going to not be able to react necessarily to its environment uh, to stressors in its environment or to uh, uh, to any metabolic demands that have been placed on it uh, in an adaptive and healthy way so when you're dealing with ribose and what was meant by sustainability is is that you're actually giving the cell the components that are required to generate these energy-carrying compounds, specifically ATP in this case, but also NAD, FAD, and and many others, which are uh, also uh, very, uh, which ribose is a very uh, important precursor to. So with sustainability, you know, what we're talking about is just not allowing the cell to be in a state where uh, any sort of additional stress is going to cause that cell to be uh, in a maladaptive state. Uh, and that's a very, very important state to be in uh, for for any uh, any tissue, whether it be nervous tissue or muscle tissue or lung tissue or brain tissue, uh, which is nervous tissue. But <clears throat> that sort of that that high energy and relaxed state also allows the cell to take in the things that it requires. Uh, to normalize the electrolytic environment in terms of uh, having the appropriate quantity of calcium or sodium or potassium inside of the cell, those ratios are very, very important for cellular function. And when you get into a low energy state, when you get into uh, utilizing or overutilizing stimulants, those ratios—just to use uh, the electrolytes as an example—can really as- affect the cell function and over time accumulate into what we would call a crash. And then you're in a low energy state. And that's precisely the opposite of uh, what we actually would like to achieve uh, through the use of supplementation.
1: All right. Well, we are in some interesting times right now. People are experiencing not only a different degree of stress, but stress coming from, from different forces right now in their life. And I'm, And I know that it manifests for individuals differently. And and some people are taking the situation and uh, turning it upside down and trying to develop healthy habits, but there's no way of getting around the the, the stress uh, and the effects of stress that people are experiencing right now. So I, I'd love it if you would talk to us a little bit about the connection between stress, uh, energy production in the body, and and how we age, and and then maybe lead us into how this sector of energy ingredients is expanding beyond sports nutrition today
0: well yeah i mean uh, you know just to start out uh the technical definition of stress is essentially the the uh point in time where tissue or a cell if we just take one cell as a model or a cell is forced into a position as i just lined uh, outlined with the example of the stimulant where a cell is put in the position where it has to rapidly consume resources uh, in an attempt to maintain its equilibrium. Um, and when it's placed in that position, you you basically put that the, the cell is placed in a vulnerable position where any sort of destabilization of its environment could cause the cell to actually go into uh, what is known as apoptosis uh, and which means cell death. And if you have too much of that, you start having uh, tissue death and you start having serious dysfunction if that occurs too much. So stress in general, of course, uh, is is a major problem, and when you have uh, accumulated stress, one of the, the known features or the central feature, possibly in biology, of stress, of course, is free radical production, um, and of course the associated damage that goes along with free radical production to any you know to to proteins, specifically to DNA and genetic material. Uh, Possibly to transport proteins which are carrying important hormones and substances uh, in and out of the cell and so all of these things tend to accumulate into a very negative and again, you're dealing with generally a very low energy state. Uh, So if not, you don't properly deal with these things from a nutritional or a supplemental point of view. The accumulation of these kind of secondary and tertiary markers of stress will end up actually being deposited in tissues in an injurious manner. Um, and intense, prolonged stress injures tissue, you know, damaging its barrier function, allowing anything from bacterial toxins, for example, to give kind of an important, <laughs> an important uh, uh, example, which we're all kind of in, avoiding uh, and trying to bolster our immune system, which is uh, hugely associated with uh, of the appropriate uh, metabolic energy and its a, uh, uh, the ability to, of a cell to produce energy under oxidative conditions. So, uh, in terms of that, yeah, I mean you're you're moving t- into a um, into a world where uh, ribose or, or its uh, general its downstream products uh, in biology just aren't appropriate for things like sports, but they're appropriate for stress in a much more generalized context because, of course, sport and athletic uh, play are, are uh, versions of what we would call self-induced stress. Of course, you're, you're, what you would very much like to do is to have a prophylactic against the stressors that you can't control. Um, It could be anything from radiation to emotional stress to uh, whatever is going on at work um, to the the, the toxins that exist in your environment, whether you're breathing and exhausting. You could just go on and on and on with all of the sorts of the environmental toxins or environmental stressors that exist in in one's modern life, particularly living in an urban environment. So what ribose is. Uh, is basically the expansion uh, or the most generalized substance that one could feed into a cell, allowing it to generate these energy carriers and these antioxidant functions that that neutralize the free radicals that are associated with these stress features and don't allow them to accumulate into, again, maladaptations, which eventually will cause uh, or generate uh, various kinds of pathology.
1: So cellular health and, and the ability to uh, to respond and adapt are really kind of like a building's foundation. It's like the foundation of your health. And if your cells are functioning optimally uh, and able to respond to stressors effectively, you build a stronger foundation for your overall health and vitality. That's what I'm hearing here. Um, so with, with that in mind, um, what are some of the other um, conditions that that formulators might think about incorporating uh, bioenergy ribose into to to be able to produce uh, positive and supportive uh, support health?
0: Well, um, bioenergy ribose. One of the the neat things about it is it's, it's very easy to formulate. It works by itself. Uh, and but it's very very excellent when taken with uh, other substances as a synergistic uh, method of implementing uh, sort of a milieu, and you know most products that we see on the market, whether they be beverage or food, are going to have several things in them. Uh, once again, when you have when you have a high energy state of a cell, that cell's barrier function it can relax, and that cell then can absorb nutrients all sorts of nutrients that it otherwise would not be able to absorb if it were in a stressed state Um, so when you you have this sort of atp precursor as the foundation of any product what you're giving the the ability to do is to utilize whatever else you intend to piggyback on that in terms of a product uh, more effectively so in terms of applications though you're talking powders tablets capsules gummies beverages confectionery applications um, you know it's it, we have of course grass in the United States, and we have novel food in Europe um, and you know uh, some other applications maybe you're going to do it be a topical, a gel, uh, we've been in mints, we've had gum, uh, interest in gums, so it's really quite limitless. If you can find a delivery vehicle for uh, a dietary supplement, we can engineer bio- or assist you in engineering bioenergy ribose into that
1: application. <clears throat> wow, so um opportunities are abundant. I, I know that uh that the from a flavoring standpoint it, it really is minimal too, um, just from my own experience, uh, both formulating and as a consumer. So it seems that there's versatility um, in application and delivery. Um, uh, let's move on um to one of your newest ingredients right now. It's is that pronounced Riajev or Rayajev? Ryajev. Okay. And so, for Ryajev, what, what makes it unique compared with other NAD boosters?
0: Well, it's very interesting um, that, you know, the NAD, uh, NAD biology has been very, very popular, certainly in the last decade or maybe even a little longer than that, 12 to 15 years. Um, and most of the precursors that have come out have had some interesting effects. What makes this one different is kind of is the breadth of its impact. <clears throat> on biology, which we've demonstrated both in an animal and in human models, we just finished up uh, a human clinical trial where we show very clearly that uh, it improves uh, NAD, uh, of course, which was kind of our primary parameter, but it also increases the NAD metabolome, which are all the enzyme systems and the NAD series, NADP, NADH, NADPH, etc. cetera, uh, the entirety of the NAD series that goes along with that, which is very interesting. It also showed increases uh, in, in terms of uh, in tissue increased activity in, in nicotinamide mononucleotide, which is actually one of the comparators or one of our competitors in that sort of that space in a sense, but we can show that bioenergy RIAGEV also improves the NMN available inside of a cell. Uh, but also, of course, just with keeping in tradition with the ribose platform is, is uh, it would also increases ATP. And some of the interesting effects we found is that it increases the glutathione, specifically reduced glutathione, uh, which, of course, is your body's most abundant antioxidant. And it is really what is mostly responsible for this free radical fighting uh, advantage that this combination can give you. Um, another interesting uh, feature or parameter that we found in this particular human study. And that we did find in in some of our earlier animal studies, too, is that it has the ability to modulate hormones, specifically stress hormones and that hormone cortisol. So we found in a very short period of time that you could achieve uh, a 10 percent reduction in circulating circulating cortisol, which is huge. So if you have this kind of this stress energy adaptation narrative, um, we can show that essentially all biochemical parameters and physiological parameters uh, in terms of hormones can be modulated in such a way that the the user the subject will actually be simply in a more relaxed state a less stressful state and that's what makes it different with the other precursors haven't been able to show that we can also show that it has the ability to maintain the redox state during exercise that's another thing that these precursors if we're talking about them, nicotinamide riboside or nicotinamide mononucleotide have not shown have had very and I would say controversial evidence uh, with respect to their ability to modulate exercising animals and actually they've shown uh, very clearly a Greek group in 2016 and 2018 showed that a moderate amount of nicotinamide riboside actually destabilized uh, the ability of animals to maintain endurance activity. Well, in our human trial that we just completed, we showed that our product uh, does exactly the opposite and actually we're maintaining the redox state and redox homeostasis during uh, during vigorous activity. And so that's that's just another good example of how we can differentiate. Of course, um, in addition to these things, it's far more economical to the end user. Um, it's easier to engine, uh, engineer into a variety of applications. Uh, the other products have a little bit of limitation. One has to be refrigerated and one basically is only capable of being utilized in a, in a capsule form and we don't have that problem. So those would be three, kind of the three primary differences. So the breadth, of course, uh, the exercise, uh, component and the ease of engineering. That would be how I would differentiate them.
1: And, and for Rajev, um, I presume you have the safety studies and, and you can respond to that in a second. I just want to also ask you within this question, um, does it have a grass study? And maybe you can talk also about formulating for clean label and how that works with today's consumer. So I, I know I kind of lumped a lot there, but I'm asking about safety studies, grass status, and also formulating for clean label?
0: Sure. So, yeah, both components. So, uh, Ryajev uh, is a, is the first commercially available blend of uh, vitamin B3 in the form of nicotinamide, kind of fused with our bioenergy ribose. Both of those elements are grass. Um, so, uh, the second question was to the clean label.
1: Yeah, yeah, for clean label, because today's consumer, they're really um, interested in uh, producing products that they can understand, that they know – have um, relative simplicity in their formulation, so um, you know for different applications, um, you're going to be talking to different consumers. So um, does this speak to that clean label consumer? Do you think? Yes, it
0: do- yeah, it does. I mean, both of these both of these elements have been very well studied, specifically in the last three to four decades. So they both have extensive safety testing that has been done on them, and but we also just completed safety testing in our human tr- uh, clinical trial that we just completed. So it served not only to to study uh, the way that we could modify these parameters um, uh, in terms of energy and stress and so forth, but also uh, we were uh, keeping track of any uh, adverse events. Of course, we were doing sort of we did pre uh, pre emergent and post-mergent outcomes, and we found that there were no adverse effects. It's completely safe to utilize in humans, uh, and we're going to publish that. So, yeah, it act, it act absolutely is safe. Uh, we've studied it uh, in terms of its safety and efficacy, both. Um, and it would speak to Clean Label um, just simply because these are two very safe and very well-known uh, ingredients.
1: Well, and that's actually a great segue for, um, for bringing us towards a wrap-up here about science and uh, bioenergy life sciences commitment to primary science. How, how important is primary science to the company?
0: Well, it's the central feature of the company. It's what the company was constructed upon in the in the mid 1980s. Uh, The company was constructed on studies that were being done at the University of Minnesota, and that those studies generated intellectual property concerning our our main technological platform, which of course is the ribos, and we have continued to study it across. I would just off the top of my head. I don't know how many there are, but I would say 25 ish 30 studies over the course of 3 decades in a variety of contexts, and we're continuing that exact same tradition. Uh, and, and speaking to a gold standard of science being, um, you know, placebo oriented, double blind and control trials, uh, which we like to to study the effects of, of Ryab and Ryan continue to study the effects of ribose in a variety of unique contexts. So it's it's the central feature of our company. That's We have to do that. There is no other way uh, to go about studying anything in terms of safety or efficacy and then turning out products that are designed to solve some sort of social need.
1: Well, thank you for making that clear, because that is the gold standard. And we really um, appreciate working with partners like Bioenergy because of that. Um, so with that, we'll we'll bring our episode today to a close. And I want to thank you, Michael, uh, for joining us, taking the time today. And thank all of our listeners for tuning in and paying attention to education and information. And thanks to Bioenergy Life Sciences for supporting this content. And to everyone, please stay tuned for future episodes of Supply Side Stories. Thank you for listening.
0: You've been listening to an Informa Markets podcast.